Yeah. This album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. And all the niggas in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's all good, baby, baby. Uh. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic. Coming to you live from the heart of basketball country, a podcast for all ballers, big and small. This is The Checkup. My name's Chesley. I'm here with Kyle. What's up, Kyle? I was never given a name. <laughs> And sitting to my right is my man Moose. What's going on, Moose? Howdy do, howdy do. Mm, well, howdy do to you too, brother. Uh, we are back for another episode, and the uh, the coming to the end of the playoffs here. We're uh, we've already got one series finished up. Finished up last night. Warriors closed that bad boy out. Full sweep on the Blazers, uh, and we uh, we got the. Bucks and the Raptors game four playing here in the background. What do you guys think of this one so far? Giannis is looking looking pretty hot so far. Mm-hmm. Man's had uh, some pretty good baskets close to the rim. We, we were talking about this earlier. I think the Bucks are going to win this series. But uh, yeah. the way he's coming out playing, man, he's looking hot. He's looking heavy. The man is here to win this game. Has he almost scored as many points as he scored in the last game at this point? Too? Uh, he yeah, scored 10 points in the paint right last now. game. He's already got six this yeah. game. He's got 11 total. He's got 11. Yeah, he only scored 12 last game, so that's a solid first quarter. Can't stop Giannis. Oh, Giannis. Well, uh, I guess as we're talking about Bucks and Raptors real quick, we can talk about game three, uh, the most recent uh, playoff game besides last night, which I guess we can sort of gloss over here in a second. But since Bucks and Raptors are on right now, we'll take a look back at that. Uh, uh, fun game, I guess. Kind of a tough game. Uh, ended up in an overtime win for the Raptors, 118-112. Giannis done a little bit dirty there. Got Really got a shit handled by Kawhi Leonard. And then, of course, the Raptors are able to pull out the W there, bringing that series back to 2-1. and one. So, uh, anyway, so, so the Raptors come out with a win there in Toronto. But uh, just as far as the rest of the team's performance and everything regarding how really just one terrible game from Giannis and you still have to take the Bucks to overtime to beat him. Uh, I don't know. I, like we were just saying, I know, Kyle, you said Bucks still your pick. Bucks was my pick you know, from the start of the playoffs. I still think yep. that they're definitely the best team. I think this Kawhi Leonard injury, uh, minor in- injury it is, but I think it is going to be a major role in this series. It's um, a very respectful injury. A, res- a respectful injury? A very respectful injury. Very respectful um, I actually think the Bucks are gonna win it. I'm gonna, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna hop on board with the Bucks. Actually, <laughs> I think that's a very respectful opinion, Moose. Yeah, I respect it. So, anyways, uh, again, we're all on the same page here as it comes to the Eastern Conference Finals series. Uh, I guess we'll see how it shakes out. We'll probably uh, get back to another podcast after the uh, Eastern Conference Finals has finished. And we're uh, rolling into the midst of the finals there. But uh, we've got a, a little bit more to talk about. We can still, you know, talk about some of the uh, the, the Western Conference series, of course, and uh, Stephen Curry's incredible performances. Uh, just truly back to MVP Steph here in Hell, the I mean, Western Conference. Great, great. I mean, how, how can you 
first of all, the people that don't like Steph Curry and hate the Warriors in general, I don't understand. If you're a basketball fan, you got to have some, at least some kind of respect for them. You love to watch the Warriors basketball because it's so free moving and it's like they never run a play, but they always score a bucket. The the Warriors, the way the Warriors move the ball now reminds me of the big three in San Antonio. The way that those Popovich teams move the ball. God, we got to stop talking about Popovich so much. Uh, <laughs> it's hard not to. It really is. But um, I will say, with KD out, the rest of the Warriors have totally stepped up. You know, he he kind of took that that lead in the first and second rounds where he's like, all right, yeah, I'll score 50 points, you know, a game if I have to. Uh, everybody else kind of got a breather, and now you're just seeing Steph Curry, you know, two-time MVP, a finals MVP. You're talking about a guy who uh, he's been here before. This is this is like swimming in three-foot water for him. Exactly. Like you can you can tell he's sort of coming back into his own. They understand the moment. You see Draymond coaching the guys up. You see Clay out there hyped, giving people the snarl. Uh, you know, like going full on, just like unconscious Clay. Uh, and then Steph is, he's got the shot. He like so uh, in the past five games, he puts up thirty three in the last half against the Rockets. Uh, yeah, thirty three in that second half of uh, Game Six against the Rockets there to get that win with no KD. And then he's gone thirty six, thirty seven, thirty six, thirty seven. Damn. In the past four games to to close them out, like you the, know, it kind of makes me like really wish that Seth Curry was on every opposing team in the playoffs for Steph. <laughs> yeah, Big Brother just showed him who's the, boss. The, there's he a, still got it. There's nothing in the world like the uh, the passion and the drive of an older brother trying to show up his younger brother when he knows he has the upper hand. I've got I've to say it, it comes from a, a personal <laughs> place a I little know bit. I about it. But I will attest to that feeling. Uh, and, mm, it's, a, it's a good feeling, too. Get that W. It's like, you know, fuck being nice. <laughs> I'm trying to win. I'm bigger, I'm better, and I know it, and I'm going to show it right now. Yeah, I know. And uh, <laughs> Steph obviously did show that. Seth had some some good moments, though, in that series. So I'll give Seth Curry a little bit yeah, of credit. Seth, Seth Curry, I mean, he, it's not like he was asleep, but he's, he's not yeah. his brother. He's never been his brother. And, and Seth is still like, where would you rate? He's still kind of coming into his own, for real. Like, he doesn't have, like, a, a place... Uh, no, I th- I think Seth Curry very much so has a place. Like, mm-hmm. no, I, I like he hasn't found his niche yet. Like, he knows that he's the. I think the he three has. Point. He knows he's you know play make a little bit, but like, I don't think he's gotten that opportunity. I guess you could say. S- Seth Curry is Steph Curry without the ball handling and the playmaking ability. Mm-hmm. He is. He's. He could be just as good a shooter. He just doesn't have the usage. He doesn't. You know, the ball's not in his hand as often. He's, I mean, that that's a tall order to say that he could be just as good a shooter as Steph, but it's obviously yeah. in the genes. Well, I mean, if you look at his numbers from, like, what he's put up, so, like, where where would you imagine Seth Curry is in, like, three-point shooting off the top of your head? Do you know? What's he shooting, 38%? Um, yeah, I was thinking, like, 36, 37. Here, let's, uh, let's take a look-see here, because I don't know, uh, like, in terms of the rest of the NBA, Seth Curry is still most likely one of the top, definitely top 50 Oh, yeah, most definitely. In the NBA, you know, 45% this year from three. Whoa. 45 this year? Yeah, 45% from three. Yeah, no. uh, Yeah, you are correct. That's a a fat 45%. uh, And and he did not play 2017, 2018. But if you look back to his 2016, 17 season, 
Uh, he shot 42% from three. Uh, in the 15-16 season when he was in Sacramento, shot 45 or excuse for yeah 45 percent from three again uh so yeah the, the dude it's definitely is a shooter <laughs> he's absolutely a shooter uh and in his two games played in the 2013-14 season he hit every three-point basket so he's a thousand percent gosh dang it yeah Whew, i'm telling man. you it's genetic like that's in the blood <laughs> it, it really is man uh I'm telling you dell picked wisely i i, I it definitely shows Yes, it, it definitely, definitely shows. shows. <laughs> oh man, so uh, so I guess we're uh, we can kind of move on a little bit from the uh, the playoff talk and uh, cover something that's a little bit more off season related. I mean, it's obviously off season related. It's the draft lottery. Before we do that, um, I'm curious as to what the fuck kind of drugs was Tyreek Evans on. Oh, man, oh, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I've been, I've been looking for this so hard. I have, too, and it, it, it can't be weed. It can't be weed because D'Angelo Russell got caught by the TSA with marijuana. Yeah. You heard about it for two, three days, and it's gone. Yeah, but we never got that, like, bust story that yeah. from, from Tyreek Evans. We so just got, he's he, gone. Was he arrested, or did they, did like, just fail a drug test he, or something? Did he go to, like, locker clean-out day, and uh, <laughs> someone's walking by, and they're like, Hey, what's this? Uh, what's this bag over here, Tyreek? My knees ain't what they used to be, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you know I put up twenty-five and five, and only a few rookies like LeBron James have ever done that before? Don't mind the uh, huge stash of XC or whatever else in my locker. It, ha- I mean, it had to be something. It's a Schedule One drug. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's most definitely a Schedule One. Yeah, I mean, because talk about cocaine last podcast. No, we did not. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think I don't think that made it. We talked about Draymond Green. <laughs> uh but still, uh great point that you bring up there about uh Tyreek. We were gonna factor him into our uh free agents for uh something we're looking at doing on one of the next pods. And now we're now just we don't have two to. years. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, if if he comes back, I mean That's true. I feel like eventually we'll find out what it was. It'll come out and we'll we'll know. Mm-hmm. But um for now I'm just I'm just curious. I mean, what do you have to do to get banned from the NBA for two years? Everybody's smoking weed in the NBA. Everybody is. And everybody knows it. It's like, you know, Lamar Odom when he was on that 04 uh US, team USA. The dude got <laughs> yeah. a dude got a fake dick to pass a drug test. Another insane story that I exactly. saw recently. Yeah. And he was on I mean, he's been smoking crack. I'm gonna buy that book, by the way. Oh, you should. I, I need it. I need it on the shelf. Mamba Mentality, Gucci Mane Autobiography, What's Next, Lamar Odom. It's the only three books you need to read. <laughs> it's the next logical choice. <laughs> That's a big shelf. Well, you know, <laughs> heavy <laughs> shelf, lots of awards. Work with what you got, you know. Oh, man. Well, I guess <laughs> old poor Tyreek, um, I guess it makes the Pacers choice a little bit easier, though. Figuring out what they're doing this offseason. Yeah, they're going to re-sign Monta Ellis, duh. <laughs> Ooh, uh, Monta Ellis is still technically on the books with the Indiana Pacers. Yes. Uh, I was looking up some of their uh, their cap space numbers for the next little bit. And Monta Ellis is on the books for like two and a half million a year, I think, for the next three years still. Hell, that's a nice paycheck. Luol Deng still has four and a half million a year, a year from the Lakers for the next three seasons as well. It's so crazy to think about those figures to say – some guy who's not even playing basketball right now and could be making money elsewhere also playing basketball is just like still making a cool 4.5 mil just 
sitting on his couch watching just TV. just yeah. being six foot eight from day to day. Exactly. <laughs> but what a lavish lifestyle. Yeah, I'm the tallest person in my family, and I'm five eight. Okay, that's just some things just aren't. You're fair. scraping paint off the ceiling. Hey, man, I can touch the ceiling. Okay. <laughs> uh, hey, if you need a step ladder, it's okay. Don't patronize me. I'm sorry. I've got a perfectly good step toilet <laughs> in my bedroom right now to reach the ceiling fan. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, Kyle. Hey, home remodeling comes in handy sometimes. It does. It does. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, guys, let's touch on the draft lottery a little bit. Uh, really, uh, kind of a crazy draft lottery. Uh, the new flat nods have definitely shown to be uh, the pretty much what they were talking about. Yeah, exactly. It, like, Thank you. God. Is it the end of tanking, though? Like, I hope so, for real. I mean, who? I never would have thought the Pelicans had the number one pick. Well, like, who, you, we, we all think the three that had the pick was the Knicks. Yeah. Um, Suns and Cavs, Suns I think. Suns and Cavs, yeah. right. Shit. No, they were, what, five, six, seven? The Knicks were never going to get that number one overall pick. Uh, never. I don't think they'll ever get it's, one again. And They're honestly, I, I feel like when it comes to the NBA draft lottery and the NBA draft in general, how they go about those picks, because that's not that shit's not random. There are so many more ping pong balls that say the Cleveland Cavaliers on them, right? Because there, I, I don't know why. Well, they I don't know if it's, I, like I said, I don't know if it's David Griffin because what we said the other day, it's like, what does David Griffin know that we don't? True. Or yeah, where if, are the bodies buried? If Dan Gilbert is like, listen up, Adam Silver, I'm gay, you're gay, let's <laughs> let's uh, get a little jiggy with it. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's trading sex for extra ping pong balls. Have you seen that dude's son? Uh, no, I'm not really that familiar. He's the guy. He always does their always makes their pick at the lottery. Mm. Okay, I do know who you're talking about. Yeah, that dude would definitely suck a dick for a number one overall pick. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they did get a number one overall pick two years in a row, and what three times in five years? Yep. <sighs> well, uh, have you said. have you heard the story about the uh, about the lucky tie that Alvin Gentry wore as well? Yes. The yeah. luckiest tie in all of basketball. Exactly. It's that's the fourth draft lottery now. Yeah. Did you hear when David he won Griffin the number one pick? Though. Alvin Gentry's like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? With, with a draft like this year's where it's so top heavy. Yeah. And you have arguably, I mean, yeah, or not Giannis, uh, but Zion, who is a generational talent. Yeah. Everybody who gets that pick is gonna say, fuck yeah. Oh yeah. And that's why I oh, love it. That's why I love those videos where Knicks fans see the Lakers getting the fourth overall pick and then cheering and, then and all right of them. Let's go from the highest of highs to <laughs> right like, you away. know, I'm gonna dig you out from underneath the floorboards. You're so uh, I will tell you where Jimmy Hoffa is buried if you give us that number one overall pick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, tough, tough for Knicks fans. I mean, but but here, like that's Knicks tanked, obviously outright tanked. They still get a number three pick. Not so bad. R.J. Barrett be good there. That all right? Yeah, I guess we'll 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 get to our we'll get to our selections here in just a second. Uh, as we're really, we have to touch on what Zion, obviously most likely going to be taken as the number one pick, going to New Orleans means for this team. That is a super interesting team now that already had so much intrigue because of the whole Anthony Davis saga this past season and uh, you know the the whole ownership changing over hands and yeah. being more influenced you know by football decisions and basketball decisions and you see that uh, small market getting small numbers I think they're bottom three in the league for ticket sales and revenue uh, so the Pelicans really lucking out on a lot of fronts here 
Oh, most definitely. And and we've been talking about the Pelicans and what they're missing for years now because you know, we're we all think Drew Holiday is a great lead guard. Anthony Davis caliber. obviously has the pedigree to be defensive player of the year and in the MVP talk every single year. They've had decent pieces to put around them, other big guys, you know, and Boogie and Julius Randle. But they've never, as long as I can remember the Pelicans being the Pelicans, they haven't had a solid wing player. Uh, no, uh, you're looking at uh, Solomon Hill. Darius Miller. Yep, Darius. John Salmon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Kenrick Williams this year was a guy I turned on a Pelicans game at one point, and I was like, who is this guy? Like, I thought that I watched the NBA and follow closely enough, and I just feel like an idiot when I'm looking at this team. I'm like, I've never even seen this guy before. Like, I thought it was Derek Williams for a second, and then I was like, oh, no, there's no way that's Derek Williams. Um, yeah, so the Pelicans have really, really had a hard time uh, filling out that wing role there. But it's uh, kind of interesting to think about where Zion would fit into that team. Uh, obviously, the first question that comes to mind is, is AD staying or going? Because And are they going to start the season with AD and you know play him out or trade exactly. him at the deadline? Like, are they going to trade him? Off season, like I think, like you you said, that is the biggest um, question mark for the Pelicans is what are they doing with Anthony Davis, and what are they going to get in return for it? Oh, absolutely, uh, and especially out now that we've seen how the lottery has sort of formed up, and we're looking at all these other teams and their possible packages now. Uh, there's there's a few that kind of float to the top for me. We're looking at the Knicks. We're looking at the Lakers. Uh, and even though Davis has come out and said that he's not really down for the Boston Celtics, Celtics still have a, they just have a the great best package. package for in sure. My opinion, sure. To um, but I also, you know, think the Bo like the Boston Celtics are going to be an interesting topic for our free agency episode. Sure. Um, just because of some of the pieces that they may move, some of the pieces that, that may be missing next season. Um, so. I'm with you on that top five. What could happen with Anthony Davis with those picks? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's just uh, the way you look at those now, you're looking at a uh, number three pick from the New York Knicks mm -hmm. with what? Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, uh, maybe Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, so that, that that's one option there. And then Lakers with that fourth pick, you know, you can get a slew of either ball, heart, Kuzma, Ingram. Ing I mean, Ingram's most likely going to be kind of the star of that package, yeah. or that's how they're going to portray it. Uh, and then you have those the the Boston package that's going to be headlined by a Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Combo uh, or one of the other. Up. Yeah, uh, depending upon yeah how many picks maybe they can get away with the Celtics can hang on to one of those guys. Yeah, it's maybe like who, maybe hand off a Marcus Smart or something like that too. They still have under contract control. Really though, like if if you're the Boston Celtics, who are who are your young guys that you trade? How do you pick one over the other? I mean, so so many of them make an impact for that team. True. And it's just, how do you package that for one guy in Anthony Davis? My question is, does Danny Ainge make a trade offer before he sees what Kyrie does? Or does he wait and take that chance on somebody else swooping in like the Knicks or like yeah. the Lakers? Because, I mean, everybody knows, you know, Boston, that's what, um, when the Pelicans didn't make that AD trade, 
You know, everybody was like, Boston, that that they're perfect. They're that's exactly what they wanted to happen. But with what happened in the playoffs with Kyrie, you know, with what Terry Rozier said the other day, like, do you wait um, and make a trade after you find out what those players do, or do you just say go ahead and just say fuck it? Like, here's what we got, and let you know, hope for the best. Yeah. Well, the the only tricky part about that is that the, is the little contract clause with that comes along with Davis and the Kyrie. Rose rule. That yeah. So they're they're both extended players off of their rookie deals. Um, or max extended players off their rookie deals. So they can't technically be on the team at the same time. Uh, but obviously, you know, Kyrie's leaving the bench before the game's over, you know, 10 seconds left or whatever. Uh, we've seen just like a lot of like kind of awful leadership. I mean, he, he's he, he's not been a leader for this team. No. Uh, and you you can really see that he's he's looking elsewhere. He's, he's definitely looking elsewhere. But – he is going to have to go before uh, Davis okay. can uh, join the Celtics there. So that that's another thing that makes it interesting as well is, you know, uh, I'm of the mindset that the Pelicans can just hold out as long as they want. Oh, all, yeah. all the offers are don't get any worse. They're really only going to get better. they're going to get better, yeah. Um, and even, too, you can go into the season a little bit and maybe the Knicks do pick, uh, you know, an R.J. Barrett at three. Uh, maybe the... Lakers pick, uh, you know, Jarrett Culver or Darius Garland or, you know. What uh, if R.J. Barrett and Zion played on the same NBA team? Well, see, that's also kind of of what we're touching on now. So let's say that the Pelicans make, you know, package a trade deal with the Knicks. And are there two other players that go in that package? We obviously know Anthony Davis was a number one overall pick. Um, and Stephen A. actually said this the other day, like, Anthony Davis isn't really exciting. He's not that kind of player. He's not. He's, he's very much a Tim Duncan, except he doesn't have a super fast point guard like Tony Parker or, you know, another guy streaking to the basket around him all the time. True. Um, so does that change it when they draft Zion? I mean, because ultimately everybody's going to draft Zion first overall, and with the exception if it was the Phoenix Suns, they may have gone with John Morant because they need a point guard. But <laughs> and they've had a, like a you know a an awful awful front office and I wouldn't put it past them. They to, fired their head coach again after one year. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. I mean, there's there's the story about the goat shitting in uh, the general manager's office as yeah. well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's that's a bold it, move by Kobe. It's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but um, y'all see what I did there? He'll be but here all week, but I think that if. If we look at it at to where you get Zion in New Orleans and all of a sudden you immediately have a big three. Now, I'm I say that in the same sense where I'm hesitant to say that Zion Williamson is going to make an impact immediately in the NBA. But God damn it, if we didn't see what he did at Duke immediately coming from high school, there's no way the guy's not gonna have an impact. I mean, he's he's the kind of guy who comes into the league and changes it the same way LeBron James did. Yeah, just based off pure athleticism, like Zion is going to be a force to reckon with. Granted, if he scores 12, 14 points a game, he might average 14 rebounds a game just on how bouncy he is, how quick and explosive his second jump, his third jump, you know, how, like, he just he gets up. Yeah, and that's what I agree with you on that, Moose. What, what I really see him being is I see him being a Draymond Green in LeBron's body. Facts. That's a That's a great comparison at this point. I don't think he's ever... I think that Zion will have 30-point nights, maybe someday a 50-point game. 
But I think that Zion will consistently be in that, you know, between like 21, 15 and 20 points for his career. But I think the guy could possibly, and do it impressively, maybe average a triple-double. I mean, he's the kind of guy, he could honestly do that his rookie season because of a guy like Drew Holiday, who is a scoring first guard. Anthony Davis, who is... Scoring and defending, too. Exactly. And, I mean, we're, we're just looking at, like, any type of archetype or prototype that you can think of for a player in the NBA, Zion can be that guy. Sure. And that's the thing. It's like, we know he can shoot from deep. He may not be a great three-point shooter, but we know he can shoot from deep. We know he's got some mid-range game. But when you can jump 50 inches straight up in the air and you're six... Was he 6'6 six, six or 6'7? Six, yeah, 6'7, I think. Against. And 280 pounds. I mean... They're, he's just so strong. Does he cut weight yeah. once he gets in the NBA? I don't think so. Not at all. I don't know. Like it, at this point, it's kind of a toss-up as to whether or not he is like, still like he's got, not like, out of shape. He doesn't have fat, like fat rolls on him. Like you see his arms. I mean, it's yeah, it's lean cut, I mean, mean th- thick machine. boys is thick boys. That's just kind of how they're built. Sometimes. Could you imagine if he has a growth spurt? Oh my goodness! <laughs> what is like six ten? By like does a little Paul George anything? That wouldn't even be fun though. Like. If if Zion Williamson ends up being six foot ten, six eleven, so a, a LeBron James build, but Giannis height, yeah, oh. <laughs> I feel like that wouldn't even be fun. It's like oh, if, yeah, if no. you give if you give the skill set to Dwight Howard, <laughs> uh, yeah, and if Dwight Howard could do anything else besides rebound and block Post shots, hooks. exactly, and he can <laughs> he can dunk pretty hard too. He, he used to be able can, to. He could dunk a little bit back in the day. Um, I don't, uh, here's here's what I'm interested in for this uh we we touched on the the packages trade packages things like that uh so we'll finish up pelican's talk here is rj barrett or brandon ingram the knicks package or the lakers package you guys or david griffin tell me what you pick or or do you have another option no no i i have thoughts on that comparison right there i feel like ingram's been in the league for four years now Okay, and we've seen that he hasn't quite even really, you know, reached for the ceiling that we thought he might have coming out of Duke. Um, And at this point, I feel like you take the gamble on a guy like R.J. Barrett, who was Duke's leading scorer, is pretty much the same type of basketball player, you know, on paper. um, But I think is ultimately a little bit more versatile. He's got a, a bigger body when it comes to just overall size. Brandon Ingram is very lanky. Um, so I just think ultimately you take the gamble on making a trade with the Knicks and hoping that you can get that third overall pick and that he hasn't gone yet. So it's all going to depend on if Memphis takes RJ Barrett or if Memphis takes John Morant. All right. Uh, but I, I think I would roll the dice on RJ Barrett. Got it. Yeah. I'm with Kyle. I would, I would definitely roll the dice. I mean, RJ Ingram's been in the league for four years and he's had his nights, but it's not consistent enough. And I know I really people were talking about him being baby KD, but like baby KD put he, up numbers. Is he baby KD? I don't think he's that got he's, the body for he, it, and he he's l- got the shooting ability. All it is is it's it's aesthetic. Like exactly, it, it, like you look at him and you look at Kevin Durant, and you're like, oh, they're both slight of build. They both have incredibly long arms, and they could both eventually be seven feet tall. Yeah, and they can they get their like that mid range jumper game. You know, they've got all that, but Ingram's not that sort of scorer no he's not uh, and you and you saw from this season where uh you saw some lonzo ball injuries that uh you know put the ball in ingram's hands too especially he with the out with it uh well like ingram ingram has playmaking ability yeah he was not a bad 
point for them. Yeah, we, yeah. You know, Rondo was out with a hand injury. Lonzo was out multiple times with the injury. And we saw when LeBron was out, because, I mean, that, that all happened consecutively. Yeah. We saw a lot of the ball in Brandon Ingram's hands. And I, I still think that there is potential there. I still think he has the ability to grow as a player. But, like I said, at this point, it's like we pretty much see what he can do. He may get better. Um, you know, it may, let's say it's an Eric Bledsoe situation where year 10 or year, year nine, all of a sudden it's just like, wow, I'm here. Yeah. Um, and it could be something like that, but that's not, that's five years down the road. We don't know. Whereas in the next four years, RJ Barrett could become anything. Sure. And we know it. Brandon Ingram's done in the last four years. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's pretty solid thoughts there. Uh, you kind of do sway me a little bit. Uh, with the Knicks talk. Uh, also, I'm just curious to see what they'd be able to get out of the rest of that package. I mean, Kevin Knox coming into the league had it statistically one of the worst seasons of all time uh, by, like, advanced stats numbers. Uh, but, you know, you probably get a guy like Mitchell Robinson in that trade package I, who I looks like smart defensively and has he played does. decently well. So I feel like ultimately they'll want to get a big, even though you know they've they've got their bigs. So I I see the main focus of that trade if they trade for that pick being the third overall pick and Dennis Smith Jr. I think Dennis Smith has to be in that trade because I can see them going with a Mitchell Robinson, but I can also see them you know going with a Mario Mario Hazonia, somebody who can kind of be like. You know, I play the two, three. Let me explain. I, I he's been in the Mario Zone. He's been in the league for like five or six years now, and he can very much be like take Zion under his wing and say, "Hey, so this is the position we both play, and this is kind of how yeah, it's done in the, the NBA." And yeah. try to make the most of his minutes if he, you know, gets the chance. Do you think that Mario Hazonia needs is to be Zion's that? mentor? I don't think he needs to be Zion's mentor. <laughs> in an NBA playing sense, you know, like in Got a playability it. sense, but more so as a, this a is how the league role. works. This is how you play on an NBA team. And so you're this saying is like, what you can do to, to make your game better. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think his just teaching Zion how to be a professional. I don't know. The Pelicans still have Solomon Hill guys. That's sure. all I'm saying. Great and Kendrick point. Williams. Great point. Okay. More expendables. If we're talking like that, <laughs> um, but I don't. I don't think they. I don't think Kevin Knox is going to be part of it. Why would they want to trade for another wing player when they've already? They're going to pick RJ Barrett with that third overall pick, mm-hmm. and they've got. They're going to draft Zion. I mean, we know that. I mean, is Knox just pretty much just going to turn to an NBA four though? Just an, an athletic NBA four that can sort of space the floor. I think he's a three, but like on a four in a small lineup. Uh, he's he just okay. doesn't have that big enough body. He's not know, dedicated I, for. Yeah, I, and he just he's not bulky enough to you know face people like Giannis every day consistently or Serge Ibaka. I agree with that. Kevin Kevin Knox is to not me, yet though. not yet at least. Kevin Knox to me like I don't ever think he's going to be a big body. Um, I just think he's going to be a guy like Maurice Harkless, just built, just just kind just built. Longer can play that wing position, can transition to the four when he needs to, but he's never going to be a big. I mean, I could be wrong about this. He's never going to be a big go out and get you buckets guy in the NBA. I just don't see that in his game, but I think he's going to ultimately end up being like a three and D guy. Okay. Yeah. No, I can see that definitely. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's 
I'm super, super interested in hearing what happens with this pick. Uh, what if m- they're most uh, definitely? Um, the more we talk about this, and the more we see how crowded the Pelicans are at that three position already, um, I'm starting to think this might be a three-team trade to get um, Anthony Davis out of New Orleans. That third team is unknown, but I, I just, I don't think. You know, the more we talk about it, I just start thinking like. I don't think one team has enough to I give. think so. Okay. I totally think so. Um, not not about the three three team deal, but I think that one team could have enough to go out and get Anthony Davis. Yeah, but without totally depleting their roster, I don't think that I mean, are the Knicks really gonna deplete their roster if they do that though? If they send four players for one, they I can mean, sign the, free agents. They're gonna sign yeah, Kevin the, Durant and they're gonna sign another good free agent. Unless they get Anthony Davis with this trade, yeah, they have room to take it, and they're they're gonna have to take on a crap contract too. Like uh, yeah. we we've already shouted out, or I've already shouted out Solomon Hill, but that's a it's an awful contract, and there's there's no way that they agree to part with AD without clearing out more dead weight. Yeah, too, and that the Knicks are a team that can handle a little bit of that dead weight with all that contract space. They do exactly. Have. I mean, such a huge market, their their margins are just through the roof for what they can pay somebody. Yeah, and they have barely anybody on the books for next season. Exactly, anyways, I mean, helps them out. DeAndre Jordan's gone, which that'll be another interesting talk for free agency too. Where mm-hmm. does he end up? True. Um, and they they've just they've got room to work. So yeah. I and that's why ultimately I think if there's going to be a deal made for Anthony Davis and a draft pick, it's going to be with the New York Knicks. Okay. So uh, so we touch so on AD to New York. So we touch on Pelicans, saying? the Knicks Not here. Not necessarily. And uh, but we've kind of skipped over Grizzlies talk a little bit, so let's scoot back up to the number two selection. Are we all kind of of the same mindset that John Morant is just a lock in this number yeah, two slot? I don't see how you could go. I don't see how Memphis could pick another player besides him. They drafted Jaron Jackson Jr. last year, who's been wonderful. I mean, he's going to be a great player in the NBA. Uh, they got Valanciunas, which was not necessarily an upgrade, but they did get the better when it comes to years between him and Marc Gasol. True. And Valanciunas got younger. He's a steady center Exactly. As well. And honestly, the Mike Conley era is coming to an end in Memphis. Um, he's the last piece of the grit and grind. He really is. And there's no better, in my opinion, I mean, super underrated player, really no better veteran point guard who's kind of been snubbed to kind of take John Morant under his wing and show him the ropes. At least for a year, you know. I think John Morant would, could learn so much from Mike Conley, even if it's for a half of a season. I, I think Mike Conley is a very willing basketball player to teach a young guy what he needs to do. Um, now, also, this is just coming also partially from me. You know, I'm, I like Mike Conley a lot. You know, the man deserves praise. And... I, I just I just don't see how they could pass up on Ja. Okay. Yeah. I mean I'm I agree. Like I, I think Ja Morant is is the pick here. There's there could be some argument made for RJ Barrett, who was still projected to be the number one pick uh this time last year, uh, you know, going number two here, because if you think about, you know, the fit that you're gonna get, maybe the Grizzlies would prefer somebody who's like a shot creator, bigger bodied wing that can pair next to with Jared Mike Jackson Conley. with Mike Conley, you know, if they, if they don't want to trade him away and then they can still kind of get that sort of veteran 
mindset, you know, like drilled into RJ Barrett. Uh, and not totally hit that reboot for the exactly. Um, but do the Grizzlies want to take another take a chance on another Rudy Gay? Ooh, I because I mean, look at the two of them: Rudy Gay at UConn, RJ Barrett at Duke. They are the same size. They really are. I mean, they're both scoring three guys, and they're both smart basketball players. What if and, – and that goes back to the whole Pelicans thing. It's like we don't know what R.J. Barrett could be, but R.J. Barrett could be anything. It's just like still to this day, we don't know what Rudy Gay could be, but Rudy Gay could be anything. <laughs> true. Very <laughs> true. Uh, I, I would probably give R.J. a little bit of like credit for his ball handling skills uh, in comparison to Rudy Gay there. But it's a really interesting point. I don't know. I, I still think that if I'm with the Grizzlies, I'm going John Morant here. I and I th- and I also think uh, that the Mike Conley era is definitely over. Uh, so that's another point that I was really, really interested in uh, hearing your guys' input on. Uh, where is Mike Conley getting traded? It obviously seems that he wants to be on some sort of a contender, uh, which, of course, the guy has put in his years. He's played great basketball over his career um you know still not gotten a whole lot of the credit being just under that fringe of the the western conference you know all-star guards um but i feel like there's there's some teams that can kind of fit in with conley's idea of what he feels like a contender is uh and then i feel like there's some teams out there that really could make a play for him um that might not be where conley would prefer but they're looking for his input to maybe like help them Boost up them to to, a, to another level. So uh, let me throw one at you guys first. Uh, Indiana Pacers. Uh, do you think that the Indiana Pacers would be a solid fit for Mike Conley? Obviously, Darren Collison is off the books for them this year, so uh, that's that's one of their guys gone. Uh, dependable, another dependable. I think they're about the same age. Point guard about thirty, you know, yeah. thirty-one, that range. Uh, so they would need, they really do need someone to take a little bit of that load off Oladipo as well. Whenever that comes back, do you think Conley fits in I Indiana? Think, I think it's a strong. That's a strong case. I didn't. That wasn't my first initial thought was Indiana, but um, once you said something about it, I took some time to think about it. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think it'd be solid fit for like him and the Oladipo. That backcourt would be disgusting. They get you 30, 40 combined, 50 a night, whatever. Um, Play some tough defense. Yeah, it would be. Uh, and it's kind of back to the grit and grind offense. You yeah. know, they, I mean, that's the, what Conley thrives off of. And the Indiana Pacers have really shown, even without Oladipo, fantastic defense this year. Nate McMillan put together a hell of a defense for him. Um, I don't know. Kyle, do you think Conley and the Pacers works? I think Conley and the Pacers works. The only thing that puzzles me about is who are the Pacers going to trade for Mike Conley? I agree. This is this is where I kind of get hung up on this trade. Unless the Pacers uh, sign some guys, they don't really have a lot of money to move around. Yeah. Uh, unless they're, like, even Demonis Sabonis is on the books for them still, but he's not a big contract. Yeah, and you're gonna so you're going to have to package him with somebody else. And at that point, it's, you know, the, the Pacers have their two big guys in Turner and Oladipo, and the rest of their guys are just kind of like ancillary players. They're just guys that are kind of there. Um, they don't have another starter on the books for next year, um, I believe. It'll be nice Thaddeus. for them to shed that uh, Thaddeus Young's weight. Yeah, I mean, Thaddeus Young is gone. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is gone. Darren Collison is gone. 
Um, I'm curious if they'll sign back Bogdanovich. I mean, he he played well for them, and he knows their system. I don't know why. I mean, I could see him signing in with him. I don't think that they'll resign Thad Young. Uh, they could go off on something. You know, he's like a good glue guy, I yeah. guess, a good bench. Motivator, but if, but, but if they're re-signing someone to then send to Memphis at a trade, do you think that like any any of those guys even really works from Indiana? Like I think Bogdanovich maybe, does. Yeah, maybe Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, but that's about it. I, I can't really see anybody else. Um, all right, so so Pacers. Yeah, I, I sort of see the Pacers. Uh, Utah Jazz, another spot. That's a big one that I I really uh, think that Conley is probably looking at there was reports that came out towards uh the end of the trade deadline this past season saying that they were looking at a deal that had come pretty close um you know with ricky rubio gone this year uh his contract up with the jazz uh do you think that conley could make that one happen do you think that's like more of a like a, a number one destination for conley that somewhere that really needs that whole field and he can step into a already winning team my big question when it comes to the Utah Jazz is what is their package? Are they sending Kyle Korver and Jay Crowder? Or are they trading Derek Favors for Mike Conley? Yeah, I mean... They, who, who can Utah trade? Like, who is... I don't want to say good enough to compare with Mike Conley, but, like... Who who can even match that contract that Mike Conley has? So uh so I have I have some uh some numbers here for Utah who they still have on the books for next year. Uh Rudy Gobert on his large contract. Uh Derek Favors has a sixteen point nine million dollar team option. Uh so that's really, really interesting moving forward through this offseason. You see whether or not they want to take that one year and maybe try to ship that out. An expiring contract is going to be looking pretty nice to a lot of other teams, especially as a sweetener if they're trying to get somebody that they want in. Um, Dante Exum, uh, unfortunate injuries that he's I'm had. I'm still hopeful. I mean, I, I am I as am well. Too. But, uh, I mean, it's it's not like he's a valuable trade piece at this point. And then, yeah, you've got guys like uh, the almighty Joe Ingles still locked down under contract. Praise be to thee. Uh, then Jay Crowder, you know, Raul Neto, Royce O'Neal. Grayson Allen. There's there's not a whole lot of hot trade pieces there for Utah, um, and they don't really have a, a, a great pick position as well. I feel like if Utah and the Grizzlies were to make this trade, they would want someone who can make an immediate impact. Memphis is who I'm referencing. Well, I like, think Utah does too. Well, obviously they're going to get someone with immediate impact with Mike Conley. He's their starting point guard, but I think if Memphis makes this trade, you know, they give up Mike Conley. They just don't want to pick they just don't want, you know, two, three players to match a contract. They want somebody who's actually going to give them solid minutes every day, in and out, like a Jay Crowder, you know, like a um, – damn, I forgot his name. Derek Favors? Yes, thank you. There he is. My See, my, my biggest thing, though, with the Derek Favors piece is Derek Favors has been outspoken. He does not want to play the center position. He wants to play the power forward, and – is Jaron Jar- is Jaron Jackson Jr. a three or a four? Oh, I mean, I I think he functions a little bit better defensively at the four, um, with the possibility of sliding down and playing the five. So I I I don't really like that fit there with Derek Favors. I mean, Valanciunas, as we just re- referenced earlier, still on the team, still a, a solid NBA yeah. center. Um, so really, you know, what would Favors be doing? 
uh, in Memphis. So I don't know. It's uh, it's it's a possibility. Uh, there's a couple other possibilities of teams that are uh, one team on the borderline, one team possibly on the come up. I got for you guys um, the Detroit Pistons. That was for Mike Conley. For Mike, yes, Conley. Mike Conley, do you think do you think the Pistons could that. be a Conley destination? I love that with They're Drummond all- and Blake Griffin as the front court. Yeah, they're obviously um, already tired of Reggie, Reggie Jackson. Jackson. He's just sort of been hit or miss and given yeah. them a, a few good games and then mostly is just league he's, average. He's definitely not that Reggie Jackson from OKC that was like, I can show you I'm just as good as Russell Westbrook. <laughs> okay, so yeah. you're saying he's he's not played with enough, doesn't have the same drive. He doesn't have the same fire in him as he did when he was in OKC. Um, I also feel like when you – Sign with the Detroit Pistons when they don't really have any other assets. I mean, they got Andre Drummond at the at that time. True, but they don't have much else. You know, when when he signed with them as a free agent, they didn't have much. You're saying he's the he like went in thinking that he's the star. Or yeah, he's the guy. He obviously did. I mean, he played great in OKC that year when Westbrook was out. Um, so I, I totally get that. You know, he's very much of that mentality of, oh, I'm worth it. Which, you know, in some cases you are, but he hasn't proved that he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the Pistons could be kind of a, a solid sleeper. fit for him. Yeah, no, I would say maybe a sleeper, especially, you know, Blake Griffin uh, really playing some of the best, best basketball we've, we've seen him play. He's really evolving into a modern player. Agreed. Um, as his athleticism fades, you see that step back three. I mean, just jumper, uh, still great but ball handler and smart passer. Um, it's just obviously the health uh, issues and questions that come along with Blake Griffin. But who who does Detroit package for Mike Conley? Again, great question. Uh, you're you're looking at I mean Luke Kennard. That's who I was. That's Luke, that's who I was thinking. And Stanley Johnson. Uh, I believe Stanley Johnson had already. Oh yeah, already he been got traded, traded to away. New Orleans yeah, and then somewhere else. He's in, uh, I believe, New Orleans now. Phoenix, I think. Um, or yeah, he's. I don't know. He bounced. Who around knows? A bit. Who cares? Honestly, <laughs> uh, I will say Luke Kennard is a, a decent option. Uh, he shot the ball really well uh, towards the like end of the season. Was really contributing for them too, uh, for for that Pistons team uh, playing smart basketball. Uh, so. I don't know. It, it's probably not enough to. They could probably send uh, like a Luke Kennard, a Thon Maker, and Glenn Robinson, maybe. <laughs> okay, I forgot Glenn Robinson was on that roster. That could be a, a decent piece. Yeah, for I don't know. You mentioned Thon Maker. I just like my my jaw dropped. I didn't realize Thon was available. Ooh, Thon <laughs> Thon and Triple J locking down the paint in Memphis. Do you guys sick. like it? Uh, that's <laughs> so that's a big smile on your face, Moose. I don't know. <laughs> uh, don't give up on Thon Maker yet. Okay, yeah. Not yet. Totally well, unrelated to anything we've been talking about, but recently we we were talking about guys who could be impact players and turn themselves kind of into like bigger names these playoffs. Yeah. And I think I had mentioned a man named Rodney Hood. And he has played great. He played great these playoffs. He he did. He did play great. He did play great. We'll we'll take a little detour here for you to pat yourself on the back. Thank you. I mean, you do you do that too, but we all do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, didn't do, I didn't do it while we were recording. But it's okay. about Ronnie Hood. It's all right. 
Sorry, it's just because this highlight reel is going on. And <laughs> it, it literally just made me think about it. Yeah. He's no. gotten swept by the Warriors in the playoffs the past three seasons yeah, on tough. three different teams. Do you think he'd learn anything now? Get out of the Western Conference. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it's it wasn't He was on the Cavs. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was that's on the right. Cavs. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, LeBron team, they're bound to face the Warriors. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, Rodney Hood aside, uh, I do have one more team real quick on this Mike Conley talk that I want to get your guys' opinion on. Do the Phoenix Suns take a stab at Mike Conley here? Uh, obviously, Devin Booker locked down on a max contract, wants to win now. The, the Who knows what they're doing in their front office? Uh, but obviously, uh, they get a coach, Monty Williams, in, who has not necessarily the best record in terms of coaching, uh, but uh, from everything that's said about him, he's a great developmental coach and he's a tough coach and has proven that he can win games though true yes, true yes um so are are the Suns wanting to get a little bit older here maybe they say instead of trying to take a stab at someone from the draft they instead look around and they go oh well we can just bring in an actual smart intelligent proven, uh, proven and seasoned guard uh to step in next to booker he's going to take a little bit of that Weight off of Booker's ball handling abilities. He's going to, I mean, Conley is getting a little bit older. Still plays some some solid defense as well. Uh, so, do you think that's that's maybe a move that the Suns make? Maybe not what Conley wants, but maybe it's for the best for both parties. Well, I I think if Conley does get traded to Phoenix, that offers him a position with two young up and coming you know potential superstars and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Um, another young guy, if he's not part of that trade, who has played really well in Phoenix and Kelly Oubre. So, you know, it leads me back to the question, who do they trade for him? Mm. Those are their, in my opinion, those are their three main pieces right now. Yeah. Um, uh, Jamal Crawford signed, what, a one-year deal Phoenix. Phoenix also does have a number six pick in this draft this year. Um, they do have a little bit uh, more stuff they can move around, say a Josh Jackson, a TJ Warren. Yeah, I was thinking TJ Warren. Uh, TJ Warren can can go out and score for you. He, yeah. he can play the three. Uh, he's not the best three-point shooter, but he can still, uh, you know, show up and and play some starter-level basketball. Uh, so they, they have a little bit of a mishmash there on the wing. Uh, you also, you look at the Grizzlies wing players. I mean, there's not really a – a whole lot going on there, that 2-3 position for them. The light. Uh, so may- maybe that's something that Phoenix, with that kind of a little glut, maybe uh, Mikhail Bridges steps in there Yeah, uh, as a trade piece, uh, has proven to be a, a solid 3-D guy. I still can't believe that Philly traded him on draft night to Phoenix. I, I, I can't believe that either. Deadly. D- deadly, cold-blooded yeah. pick move. <laughs> uh, but... I don't know. Uh, Philadelphia has made some questionable decisions, I would say. Uh, how's Zaire Smith working out for them there? <laughs> uh, yeah. We can't all be winners. That's true. They're not all going to. All right. Um, we want to touch on a couple more teams before we wrap this lottery deal up. Yeah. So let's. kind of went on the Mike Conley. Yeah, we, we took that Mike Conley ride for a little bit. It's okay, uh, though. But it's I'd, I'd say it's directly locked into what the Grizzlies are doing yeah. with that pick. Yeah. So I'll take that little detour there to cover a guy like Mike Conley who doesn't get a lot of love as it is. So uh, let, let, let's go to the Lakers 
Yeah, because we can skip over the Knicks. We've already handled that. Oh yeah, definitely. We've we've touched on the Knicks, uh, but I'd I'd say the most pressing is definitely the Lakers. My questions for for this is: Do they even are they are they planning on keeping this pick at all? Is my first question. I don't know because what what can you really do with it at this point? I mean. I mean, there, there's a few guys. It's definitely a one-two-three draft. Mm-hmm. If you know, if some people are a little bit lower on Barrett or a little bit lower on Morant, uh, it's, it's a two-player draft and a lot of uh, a lot of talk. But you know, you're still looking at Jarrett Culver, yeah. who is a, a solid defender, can still play make a little bit with the ball in his hands, and can get buckets. Uh, yeah, and he can score too. Uh, DeAndre Hunter. Uh, like six, eight, long, three, four, uh, would really fit in pretty decently well. I believe shot 43% from three-point range in pretty his uh, last season there with uh, the Cavaliers. Uh, so, th- I mean, there's there's guys there. They could maybe take a chance on uh, Darius Garland. Yeah, I, I, I really like that pick for them because they could use the defensive prowess that that guy brings to them. I mean, Dar- Garland can go out and get you buckets true uh and you and you set him as a scoring lead guard next to Alonzo ball maybe that's something that unlocks ball a little bit more is sort of like a a playmaking Andre Roberson for that Lakers team you know what about Bo Bull I mean it's I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a he long was hurt. he had an injury but but also you know Bo Bull we talk about injuries foot injuries we 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 recently touched on this. He very much so falls into that, you know, could be a gamble guy. Seven foot, seven, seven foot, foot guys that have that have foot injuries. Yeah, I mean, we've we've got on one end, we've got like as bad as it can be in Greg Oden, and on the other end, we got pretty much as good as it can be in that case with Joel Embiid. Yeah. So, you don't know what you're gonna get. The guy's got crazy potential, though. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, there's there's moves the Lakers can make here. Uh, and I'd, I'd say, especially depending upon whether or not David Griffin and the Pelicans decide that they want to trade with the Lakers, uh, it seems like they don't necessarily have the best relationship with them after the tenuous trade talks that happened during the last season. But, you know, maybe the Lakers take us, like, they, they go in, they say, okay, we're going to take a young guy, we're going to take best player available and we're going to show that he's like actually a solid piece and and, like a worthy trade asset as well um saying if new orleans decides to hold on to davis through this coming season into the trade deadline deandre hunter wouldn't be a bad spot in new orleans either uh no i mean playing playing next to to zion kind of covering up uh a little bit of size but think about the the, just the size of these two guys playing your either three and four or four and five in, yeah. in small lineups. Uh, I mean, you still have Julius Randle yeah. on that team, uh, but I don't know. It's there's a lot of options there that could make sense. I I, I feel like uh, that's the only reason the Lakers keep this pick though is if they can't get the Davis trade uh, beforehand. But yeah. uh, it's I think it's largely a trade piece for them. Say that the Davis trade doesn't look like it's going to happen. Say so the Pelicans completely nixed conversations here. Are the Lakers trading this pick for another star in the league right now? Uh, are they trading for Bradley Beal, maybe? I know the Lakers have interest in him. 
Uh, and he would fit wonderfully next to LeBron yes, James, would. too. Well, yeah, and they, they need a volume scoring. They need a volume scoring guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. They Someone really do. that can take the ball out of LeBron's hands for a short amount of times, but still be reliable enough to get you a bucket. Yeah. And we all know that, that, that Washington needs to do like part ways with either Brad Beal or John Wall. Mm-hmm. Or and, both. And John Wall it looks just like a weight tied around the Wizards' ankles at this point. Yeah, just piling the injuries up. Yeah, I mean, it's that, that the numbers on his contract are just... Uh, when he signed that contract, though, he was very deserving of that contract. True, but uh, now we see what the Supermax looks like if it goes wrong. Cause very, yeah, we, very And we true. get it pretty much right off the bat with some of these Supermax contracts. Yeah. We're looking at Russell Westbrook, who's pretty much not going to go anywhere. Yeah, uh, and not going to bring his team to win. I mean, he's, he's trying in the Russell Westbrook way. Which is uh, obviously not working. <laughs> I, I believe it is not. Uh, but yeah, then John Wall, obviously tough for the injuries, still a solid player when healthy, but that, I mean, the Wizards are not going to let go of that contract unless, you know, they get somebody drunk and get them to, you know, sign a piece of paper that they think is a petition for something else. Like they're, they're going to have to go through a lot of hoops to get somebody to take John Wall, uh, in my opinion. But I think that Bradley Beal moved for that number four pick is pretty solid for the Wizards, who also have the number nine pick in this draft, uh, looking to maybe snatch up some talent that falls through. Uh, so maybe it makes sense for them to come in at four. Uh, they're able to take a solid, uh, you know, Culver, Hunter, like we were talking about, uh, maybe even a Darius Garland, uh, and then wait till number nine to, uh, you know, take another solid, uh, you know, center or four or something along those lines. The Wizards are probably going to, like, fuck up and draft Rui Hachimura. <laughs> <laughs> He's just not going to be anything like what they expect. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm thinking Wizards of Hornets for me, for, for Hachimura there. I'm, yeah. I'm really liking this Kobe Smith to the Bulls deal. Um, Kobe th- White. Kobe White, Kobe sorry. White. Kobe White to uh-huh. the Bulls. Um, I think that he could be just... Perfect point guard for them. Yeah, do you think he's like the higher energy playmaking uh, point guard with size that mm-hmm. could really step in there and kind of like pick up for where Chris Dunn has failed so far for the Bulls? I think he immediately brings a a really good floor general status to the Bulls team. Um, playing for Roy Williams isn't easy. Running the point for Roy Williams is not easy. Uh, but... I think that he is going to be kind of an impact guy who's not in the top five picks this year. Uh, I think that Kobe White is definitely a guy that will make an impact in the NBA's first year. Um, we're just not talking about him a lot because he's not up there with those three guys. Are you sure you just don't like him because his name's Kobe? Uh, it's spelled differently, first of all. But, no, being the U L fan that I am, we play UNC twice each year, and the guy's just – I've seen him play a lot of basketball this year. The guy's just a really, really tough, really quick, uh, you know, he, he's just a good lead point in my opinion. I'm impressed with Kobe White with um, what I like to call the 10-second rule. You know, you fuck up, get 10 seconds to beat yourself down about it, and bam, get over it. And mm-hmm. he he just he always answers. You know, if it's one way or another, he's the guy with the big shot. You know, he can get that. Assist when needed, can break out that transition. 
And I think for the Bulls that that would actually help out space the floor a little bit and um, yeah, just really take, improve. Take team. some of the like the load off of Zach Levine yes. as well. Yes. Um, and you know the Bulls now have an Otto Porter, uh, Larry oh, Markkinen. Yeah, Larry Markkinen's played well for them. They're slowly starting uh, to put a, a Wendell, solid squad Wendell Carter together. Jr. is a is a solid piece that's like projected to have quite a bit of upside. Um, so my my only other question: the Bulls obviously need a point guard. Um, there's been some Lonzo Ball trade talk. There. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't either. But but with. With the Lonzo Ball trade, though, it's kind of like, are we taking the same risk as we did going out and getting Chris Dunn from Minnesota? They both bring similar things. Similar things. I I would I would give Ball a little bit more uh, more credit as a talented player. Yeah, I I feel like Chris um, Chris Dunn at Providence hasn't translated to the NBA quite as well as Lonzo Ball at UCLA has. Yes. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I I feel like Lonzo Ball could definitely be uh be a decent fit there. Uh, uh the Bulls obviously would probably end up I've trading still, that pick away. I've well, still yeah. got hope that Lonzo's gonna be an All Star caliber, like a perennial All Star. I think Lonzo player. could be. Uh, we've just unfortunately seen him with injuries. Yes. And now that now that he's in the league, we don't hear Lavar nearly as much, and so. I kind of feel like the stigma next to Lonzo has faded. Yeah. Well, now that he's been teamed up on LeBron's team, we we we've seen zero dark thirty from uh, old Levar Ball. Yes. But I think I think that's an interesting, you know, an interesting look into what could happen uh, for these picks, these lotto picks. Yeah. There there could be a lot of movement. Yeah. Uh, And and speaking of movement, I uh, will touch on. I guess this this team and kind of wrap it up here for our lottery talk. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks uh, is one team that I think we were all kind of excited for their possibility of maybe jumping up in this draft and being able to snag Zion or, uh, you know, thinking about what the incredible combinations that they could have. That would have been so much. Trey J just see. had to be too fucking good this year, man. Yeah, he <laughs> <laughs> couldn't help it. He just had to go out and win some games, get some buckets. But the pos- the possibility of them to lamb Cam, Re- or Cam Reddish, Really excites me. I would love yeah. that to happen. I mean, uh, it's looking looking or at even how, Culver. Well, looking out at how things are projected, a lot of mock drafts or mock drafts, you're seeing Cam Reddish drop pretty yeah. far here. Well, Cam Reddish didn't have a great shooting year at Duke. Um, there, there are a couple games I saw him take over. Saw him take over once personally in person. And it was not fun. Yeah, are you I talking about the 22 point comeback that Duke had at Louisville this year? That we were uh, in attendance for, but yeah, I could also right. see the Atlanta Hawks picking Keldon Johnson. Really, that okay. high? Yeah, so why not? The dude's an athletic freak. He was arguably UK's best player last year behind PJ Washington yeah. when he when PJ wasn't hurt. And I mean, you got you've got an immediate guy who can run the floor and play defense and can get you that three point shot in transition. Kel- Keldon, I think, is is interesting there. I don't think he's going to go as high if if a uh, honestly, I think if we're talking about Kentucky guys, Tyler Hero and P.J. Washington probably get drafted over Keldon this year. I don't know. I think Keldon gets drafted over Hero. I think yeah. that as well, Kyle. I'm with Kyle on that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick I'm gonna stick my That's you know fine. my my Hero token out there and say you know that there's gonna be some teams they're gonna see him in an open gym because uh, Keldon has an okay shot, uh, mm-hmm. but is just kind of erratic. Shot. But Hero is a pure scorer. He's proven to be a tough defender that actually tries on defense he's uh, you know he's he's six foot six so he has decent good size, size. 
Um, and and he, I mean, he really can go out there and score the ball. And he's just got that swagger that you know that like maybe a Boston Celtics at pick fourteen look at Tyler Hero and go. I don't think he's a lottery guy per se. I don't hate it. Um, I don't hate it either, but I don't think that he's a lotto guy. Uh, I think he'll fall just outside of it. I think I think he's top twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, the only I could really only see KJ and PJ going lotto picks, and I think PJ's kind of at the bottom of that for the lotto picks. I think somebody takes Keldon Johnson on his athletic ability and his potential. Um, and I mean, I'd say PJ Washington's no slouch when it comes to athletic. Not ability. at all. Not at all. But PJ Washington has been injury plagued the last couple of years, and that's the only reason why I say he falls. Yeah. And because realistically, for the NBA, he's undersized for the four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, he did shoot forty four percent from three this year. On so how many attempts, though? I mean, yeah. he had like four games. I'd say it's a, it might be a little less than that. Yeah, but uh, which is, it's not a bad stat. Like I like you trying like pulling the stat out, but he's he's not a three point guy. Like that that's not his game. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah, it's, if it's if the you only need way to, though, to space the floor this year. Exactly. Right. It's if you need him to, he will take the shot. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, he's you know that in the paint score. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna drive to the bucket and he's gonna try to either cram it on you or give him an old post hook. Get around. Yeah, he's got a great hook uh, shot floater. So uh, Atlanta is one of those interesting to me again because they have the eight and the ten pick. So uh, is that a, a trade package possibly there? Uh, for them to move up, do you think they pair both of those picks? They uh, could. I, I hadn't given that any uh, thought. So, so here's Trade here's something up up that, that I'm thinking about, or that's really been on my mind, just when it comes to what the Atlanta Hawks could do with these picks. Uh, you know, you look at a guy maybe like Torian Prince on the Hawks, who is good size, smart player. Mm-hmm. Uh, can hit those corner threes that everyone wants those big wings to be able to hit. Uh, it, Torian Prince, could you see him helping the Rockets maybe this year? Couldn't you have maybe seen that? Couldn't you see him helping like one or two of these playoff teams that had that sort of hole to fill there? Like I feel like Torian Prince is someone that maybe a team can nuggets. look at. I think he could fit on the Nuggets as that three. Uh, I, mean, I think I, you're forgetting about Michael Porter Jr., yeah, who who sure. is slated to come back and is clear um, to play. But I'm I'm specifically talking about uh, you know maybe one of these higher ranked teams wants Torian Prince to kind of lock down uh, you know that three spot for them. He's played solid, so maybe that eight and a ten and Torian Prince uh, either gets the Atlanta Hawks a, a, a player of talent and maybe like a few years ahead of this sort of road that they have age-wise with Trey and John Collins, Kevin Herter, uh, you know, Spellman, all the, all the young guys they've got recently. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it's super, super fascinating for me. Uh, also, the possibility of a bull bull dropping to the Hawks uh, really, really kind of, like, sets my mind afire because, uh, you see, John Collins is not really the best defender uh, but he's a super, super bouncy. He's your rebounder, and then you stick him next to Bull Bull, who can stretch the floor. Uh, Bull, not also not known for being a very mobile defender, but still seven foot two, huge arm span. Uh, you know, is at least imposing enough on defense. And he defense. can shoot. 
I mean, he can flat out shoot. I don't know if we we've said it before, but fifty two percent from three yeah. last year on twenty five shot attempts before he was injured. Yeah, I mean, he played what nine games, something then, like yeah. that. But he was thirteen to twenty five from three for fifty two percent on a, a pretty pure looking jump shot. As he can well. shoot, man. He he can definitely shoot, and I and, feel like and he can handle the ball. Yeah, you know, injuries. We miss out on a lot of stuff yep. due to injuries. Speaking of other guys with foot injuries, Kyrie Irving. True. So we we can't sell him. We can't sell him short. But I understand why injuries. You know, people, especially NBA teams, are reluctant to draft guys who's already had that injury. That yeah. 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 And I feel like a lot of those have to do with that. growth as yeah. as a young man mm-hmm. in his teens. I mean, you're going through growth spurts. It's part of it. And some of these guys, they're growing so f- goddamn fast. How are, you can't avoid it. True, true. Uh, I don't know, guys. Is there is there anything else you want to touch on uh, with the with the draft lottery here? Um, I just hope tanking is done with. Man. I I think tanking can be done with. Maybe I don't I don't honestly don't think teams will ever stop tanking to at least get a top ten pick. Well, also now you look at what happened with the Pelicans. You look at what happened with the Lakers. You look yeah. at what happened with the Grizzlies. All of them jumping up multiple spots. Um, it maybe you don't want to tank for a bottom three slot anymore, but ooh, that four to ten range, like that's kind of meaty. Like you're you're still yeah. gonna see you know players getting sat. I feel like and we- you know no names getting minutes and G leaguers you know stepping in there, but. I, I don't know. I don't think tanking is completely done because now we've obviously seen just how crazy the new flat odds can be. Yeah, really, though. Uh, I, I am happy to see that the Cavaliers didn't get the first overall pick, though. That's really all I've got to add. Um, I don't think anything that they do is going to make them an impact team. They're probably going to draft the wrong guy like an Anthony Bennett. Yeah. And do you think You think maybe they go for Cam Reddish and, and Reddish is, oh, is the Anthony Bennett slash Andrew Wiggins? I feel like no matter... The Cavs are now the Browns, okay? They have switched. They have totally switched, okay? <laughs> In terms of popularity in, in Cleveland. To- in terms of popularity and their sh- their luck in sports in Cleveland, they're switched. I just feel like, you know, if they if they draft Cam Reddish, if they draft Darius Garland, Tim Couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... That's, that's a good analogy. Yeah, that, that's... That's all I got to say about that. All right, yeah. So, uh, sorry, Cavs. Uh, I know here in our uh, document as well, under the Wizards, which we did talk about for a second, I just wrote good luck because <laughs> yeah. I just like I don't know. Like they they need some luck, <laughs> terribly bad. Uh, hey, they still got Dwight Howard. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess uh, that's gonna be it for this episode of the Checkup Podcast, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for making it. All the way through till the end. Uh, check out everywhere that we have these uh, podcasts posted, Kyle. Anchor FM. You can get that online or through the app. Breaker Radio. Also search it online. Google Podcasts. Spotify as well. That's that's generally our main streaming uh platform most people stream from spotify and after we release episodes three and four we will be eligible to be on apple Podcasts. so everybody look out for us on there we're going to try to get our names on that list as soon as possible all right so uh from sunny humid louisville kentucky uh thanks again for listening guys and we will see you soon adios yeah this album is dedicated 
to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. And all the niggas in the struggle, you know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby, baby. Uh. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private stock. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Remember rapping Duke? The hard, the hard. You never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight because I rhyme tight. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kick it free. Funk Master Flex, Love Bug Star Ski. I'm blowing up like you thought I would. Call a crib, same number, same hood. It's all good. <laughs>